Um, a lot of you know this story, but just in case you haven't been here in a while um, and, and you're kind of catching up on what God is doing. Which, by the way, if you're kind of catching up on what God is doing in the church, let me encourage you with all my heart to go uh, online to eastgatechurch.cc or to find our podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes or any of those platforms and listen to the messages, especially from the last seven weeks, less, uh, six or seven weeks of services here at the church so you can get caught up and know exactly what God is doing because we just don't have time to go over all of that this morning, but we're going to kind of pull all the pieces together and use it as a launching pad today for where God is taking us as a church. Um, set aside one day, personally me, during the 21 days of prayer and fasting and just sat before the Lord all day. Built a little fire in the front yard and the fire pit and I just stayed there all day and God just spoke to me all day long about my life and the vision of the church and, and where he was taking us. And, and a lot of you guys know this, but um, he, he, I was seeking him for a plan for this year, but how many years did God give us a vision for as a church? Five years. He gave us a five-year vision for this church. And that doesn't mean we're going to cease to exist in five years. All right. That means in five years we're probably going to hit a curve in the road and then start going in the new direction that God is taking us. Um, but it's exciting. A five-year journey that God's taken us on where he spoke to us and he told us that we were going to see. I get excited every time I think about this or say this because I know what this means, guys. He is going to, he's going to work in and through us so that we are going to see over the next five years, we're going to see 2,000 salvations out of the ministries of this church. Y'all should be doing backflips right now. I'm so excited about that. That is 2,000 people. Crossing over from death to life. 2,000 people that are going to hell right now that won't be in five years. That's 2,000 people impacted and changed for the kingdom of God. That's families restored. That's hearts healed. That's calling. That's purpose. That's God doing a powerful work in the people that we know in our sphere of influence. Guys, that is exciting. That is so exciting to me. And it's going to mean a lot of change. And a lot, of, a lot of different stuff over the years for us as a church as we grow into the scope of ministry that God is calling us to, to be able to do that. Because right now we're not there. But we're going to grow into that. And I talked week before last, um, I talked about how this whole process is going to be a journey of growth in our lives. And the numbers that we're talking about with the vision that God has given us are exciting but what's more exciting is the growth that's going to have to take place in us in order for that promise to come to pass. You know, and that's the main thing. Um, God also spoke to us and told us that we were going to see a thousand baptisms over the next five years in this church. That is awesome to me. That's so exciting to me. That's, that's a lot of towels. That's a lot of water. That's a lot of dunking. The staff is already practicing. And, and we thought that if we get... If, like, we're not tracking on course, like, we get to the fifth year of this and we're still, like, several hundred away from seeing this, we're just going to put in a water slide to, like, speed things up and just shoot people into a pool to baptize them. And <laughs> probably not. Can you imagine the fuss we would raise if we put in a water slide to baptize people? We won't do that. But anyway, um, so, <laughs> so uh, what do we talk about? Uh, yeah, 2,000 salvations, 1,000 baptisms. And uh, I told you a number, 200,000. 200,000 a couple of weeks ago, and I told you I'd explain what that means. Guys, listen, God spoke to us, and, and he is calling us over the next five years in missions. And when I say missions, I'm talking foreign missions and home missions and outreach here in the good old USA because that's just as important too, amen, to give $200,000 for missions. Cricket, cricket, y'all should be shouting because, listen, Finish that sentence, okay? If that's the promise, what does that mean our church is going to look like? To be able to do that. Are you catching up with me now? What does that mean we are going to look like to be able to make that happen? Are you seeing this now? It's not the promise. It's the journey and the growth to get there. Now, those are huge numbers, and practically on paper... If that, that was as far as I went with my faith, I would be freaking out right now. I'd be freaking out. Pastor, why would you start smoking pot? Well, because I had to calm down a little bit. You know, it's just, I'd be freaking out. But I know that my God 
is able to keep the promises that he makes. Amen? And I trust him so much, I'm willing to get up here and tell you this stuff and not just keep it on my heart because I know that he's able to do it. I'm speaking it like it's already happened and we're not there yet. That's the way we've got to see this as a church. Amen? Because it's very, very exciting, um, this journey that we're going to be on. And today we're going to be begin filling in those blanks and talking about some more practical steps that we can take as a church to begin to put ourselves in position because this is going to be a year of positioning for us. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um, to be able to do this stuff God's called us to do. Okay, He called the children of Israel to take the promised land, but what did they have to do? They had to do a whole lot of marching down to the Jordan River. They had to cross the Jordan River, and then they had to fight some battles too. God was faithful every time, but faith without works is what? Dead. All right? We're not going to be a dead church. We're going to be a church that puts action to our faith. Amen? So that's where we're going with it. So there's some questions that we're going to need to answer today because anytime you're looking at starting something that's large in scope like we're starting today, there's some things that you need to figure out beforehand and have in place before you get this ball rolling, and that's what we're going to do today. There's... Three questions that we want to answer. Okay, we want to answer why, we want to answer what, and we want to answer how. So why, what, and how. And that first one is everything. Why are we doing what we're doing? Because if you don't know why you're doing what you're doing, who cares what you do? Because it's not going to matter. You're not going to follow through with it. Who cares how you're going to do what you're going to do? Because it's, after a while, you're going to fade out and burn out and not follow through because the why that motivates you isn't strong enough. Okay? That's why some of us haven't lost all the pounds we wanted to lose that we said we were going to lose for New Year's, our resolutions. Because the why wasn't strong enough, was it? It was a good idea, but that why is right. I'm preaching it myself this morning. So um, y'all should shout amen, Pastor. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's why tomorrow morning a lot of us are going to hear an alarm clock. And get up out of bed and get dressed, even though we don't want to, even though we don't feel like it, even though we'd rather just jump back in and bury ourselves in our blankets and our sheets and go back to that beautiful place to sleep. We're going to get up and we're going to do it because of why. Okay? Why? Why? We need money. That's why. Why? So we can eat. Why? So we can have electricity. That would be nice too. You know? Why? Because I need something uh, I need electricity to help pacify my kids for that 30 minutes in the evening that I need to myself so I don't lose my God-blessed mind. Lord, please. Like, you know, we, we have our whys. Whys motivate the what and the how. Okay, so we have to establish why as, as a church, why we're doing this. Okay? Um, several reasons. First of all, because I believe God is calling us to do this. And he's promised us already what's going to be done over the next five years. That's a huge motivating factor. But I notice everything that God is calling us to do reflects the heart that we see in God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in Scripture. He's calling us to reach the lost, to see them baptized, to reach people on foreign soil, reach people around us, and to grow them up in their faith. That's what he's calling us to do as a church. That fits biblically with what God calls every church to do. He's just speaking to us on a more specific level on some of the details of what we're going to see over the next few years. And so, um, why? Why? Well, let's look at this biblically for some of you that might still be on the edge of the fence here trying to figure it out. One, it's the heart of God. It's the heart of God the Father. All through Scripture, everything that I just told you, you see, is the heart of God the Father. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. The heart of God the Father, to reach the lost, to reach you and me. I'm glad he did that, by the way. How about you? You know what I mean? Um, two, we see that it's the mission of Jesus. Not was just in the Bible, but is still today. And Jesus himself even said that in Luke 19. He said, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. His mission reflected the heart of the Father. To seek 
and save the lost. Jesus' whole life was about reaching people that needed to be saved. His whole ministry, everything up until his death and resurrection was all about that. Um, three, it's the main purpose of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1.8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. See how, the, 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 see how God is just in perfect unity within himself. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, each and every one of them. The main purpose is to reach the lost. To reach the lost. We're equipped with the Holy Spirit for the purpose of being witnesses. A lot of other stuff comes with, with the Holy Spirit's operation in your life. But the number one purpose is to equip us to be witnesses. All in concert. And it's no surprise then that the God that has that heart reflected in all of his personalities. All in unity would look at his church and say, I want you to reflect my heart and my passion and my purpose in everything that you do. And that's what we see because it's the calling and purpose of the church. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus is speaking to the disciples and the people that are there. He came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So God's command, or Jesus' instructions to us as believers on a personal level and to us as a church on a corporate level is to go and make disciples of all the nations. Okay? A disciple is a fully devoted follower of Christ. Okay? That infers a salvation experience go get people saved make disciples okay then he said baptize them make sure that you baptize them they can go public in their faith and baptism is extremely important okay pastor josh will i go to heaven if i don't get baptized we know from scripture yeah you still go to heaven but if you want to follow the example of jesus and you want to follow the guidelines that he gives us, it's probably a good thing to do. By the way, if you haven't been baptized yet, whoo, this is a great time to think about getting that done. Um, we have fun when we baptize. And then teaching them to obey everything that has been commanded, that speaks to discipleship and the process of growth in our lives and us helping other people grow too. That's a big reason why we're doing what we're doing. God didn't create his church to be a glorified social club. God didn't create his church to be a place where we can make connections and network with people and just have friendships and all that. And that, that can be kind of part of it, but that's not the reason why. I just read you the reason and the purpose and the mission of the church to you. And everything that God is speaking to us fits right in line with that. That's exciting to me. Absolutely exciting to me. I want to give you some other stuff, too, that's a big part of this why. God's called us to do it. And we see that he modeled that and actually commanded his church to do it in scripture. But there's some other numbers that we need to consider because we live in a world that's absolutely decimated by the enemy. The devil is destroying lives every second of every minute of every day. And a lot of us know a lot of people that have been destroyed. Their lives have been destroyed because of his work in their lives. Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, and he's really good at that, okay? I believe the church operating in its mission can put a big dent in his operation, though. Amen? And that's what we're going to do. There's some stuff I want you to, to consider, because we live in a messed up world. Did you know that approximately this year, this number is true, um, approximately one million teenage girls in America will become pregnant this year? And approximately 350,000 of them will choose to have an abortion. That's 350,000 potentially babies that are never going to get a chance to experience life, to contribute to society, to lift their hands and worship God. You know what I mean? Enemies attacking. He's attacking our younger generation. I think we can reach those girls where they are and let them know that they don't have to trade their body for love and affection. And we can show them that they have a Savior that already gave himself for them so that they don't have to give themselves to somebody else. Amen. Um, in students, ninth through 12th grade, high school, there are approximately 
3,470 suicide attempts each day in the U.S. Think about that. If you're a student in here this morning, you probably, you know somebody in your school that um, has either talked about committing suicide or has attempted to commit suicide. It's rampant in our schools right now. I believe we need to reach the, young, the, the next generation with a lot of urgency. I like the fact that our student ministry is called urgent. I love that because that's how we need to be reaching the next generation. Um, here's a number that might stagger you. 5.8 million unchurched people in the state of Georgia, approximately, by the numbers, approximately that many. That's a lot of people. If we tapped into that, we would, we would need uh, a lot of building to reach that many people. Not the U.S., not the world, just Georgia, 5.8 million, not in church. And a lot of those people that aren't in church aren't in church because they went to a church where they encountered people that were religious in their mindsets and jacked up, tried to mess them. I just, gosh, we have got to be a real church in love with Jesus that loves people and welcomes them in and lets God move in their lives and thus us imposing our opinion on what a Christian should look like to them. We should let God move and speak in their lives and let him grow them up and us encourage along the way. Amen? So sick of religion. I want people to understand what a relationship with God is really all about. Um, here's a big number that might catch you by surprise. 240,000 unchurched people in Paulding, Carroll, and Douglas counties combined. In Douglas County by itself, approximately 83,000 unchurched people. That's a big why. The world's hurting all around us. The world is hurting all around us. You ever heard of the Titanic? Somebody told me this morning they're building a new Titanic, and they're going to take it. How many of y'all would buy a ticket to go sailing on the second Titanic? I see one person with their hands up right now. Now we know who's going to jump on the grenade if somebody throws it in here. I'll do it. I just, I, you couldn't pay me to get on that boat. There's no way I would do that. The Titanic had a whole lot of problems working against it. Okay, uh, One was the arrogance and cockiness of the people that built it. This is an unsinkable ship. Hashtag, here comes the iceberg. You know, get ready for that. Um, but even from a practical safety standpoint, they didn't have enough lifeboats on the boat just in case something happened so that the people could get in the life. They didn't have enough. And you know the reason why? Because it would make the deck of the ship look cluttered, and they didn't want it. They didn't want it. So they cut off a little over half of them. So they barely had, they had enough lifeboats for just under half of the people that were on the boat. I just can't talk about the Titanic, though, without addressing the fact that I still, and I will do this till the day I die, there, I still say there was room on that daggum door for Jack to get on, and Rose should have scooted over and let him get on the door. You know what I mean? He should have scooted over. It's a big door right there. I mean, at least, at least try. At least try. You know, I'd have been like, if I was that dude freezing in the water, I'd be like, move. Get out the way. We're going to try this at least once. Let me crawl up there, scoot over. She's sitting there, oh, Jack, I love you. I love you. I've been like, snap out of it. Scoot over. Let me get up there. This water's cold, you know. Just, man, oh, man. Man, oh, man. Yeah, she promised I'll never let you go. Then what happened? She let him go anyway. Oh, my gosh. Don't, don't date a rose. You will be in trouble. So they had not enough boats. Another big problem they had is when they hit the iceberg, the ship started taking on water, people panicked. And when people panic, they start looking out for number one. And so they were putting boats in the water that weren't full. People were pushing people down, and there were even some accounts, and I don't know if it's true or not, some accounts of people killing people so that they could quickly get to the boat to make sure that they were safe. People jumped on a lifeboat to make sure they were okay themselves. Down in the water, boat's half empty, quarter empty, you know. So what's the lesson that we can learn from this? 
as it pertains to what we're talking about today. Number one is this, guys, as a church, we've got to make sure that all our boats are full. Okay? We've got to make sure that we just don't focus on us getting in the boat and making sure that we're okay and our families are okay. We've got to remember that there are other people on this boat called the world that's going down. And we have got to make room in our boats to reach them. Okay? It is an indictment, and I say this with all the love in my heart, okay? It's an indictment to us as a church that there be one empty seat in this building. We should make sure, you still love me? <laughs> we should make sure that we've got room in our boats and we are getting people here that need to hear the gospel, that we are taking time to reach those that need to be reached. We can't be so focused on ourselves. Can we so focused on ourselves and our life that we forget that there are people all around us that are dying and going to hell? We have got to make room in our boats and make sure that all of our boats are full and that we're reaching as many people as we possibly can. Amen? Amen? Some of y'all are just like, man, Pastor, why you got to be so harsh? I know, I know. But truth is the truth. Man, if we all invited and we all witnessed and we all brought people, we, we, would, we would already be trying to figure out how to cut down trees and borrow land from the guy next door to park the people that God was impacting and changing in this church. Okay? I don't say that to condemn you. I don't say that to condemn myself. I say that to open up our eyes and let us see the potential of what God is calling us to as a church and individually. Amen? So that's what we're doing. Um, so how can we make some room in our boats and how can we make sure our boats are full we talked about this a few weeks ago, and I want to revisit this today because this is what we as a church are going to be doing this year practically to put ourselves in that position. Go ahead and put this up here, guys. Um, community outreach is huge. We already network with a lot of good ministries here in the county with the Pregnancy Resource Center. It's a great ministry, great ministry. Um, the Pantry, another great ministry that we work with. We want to work with more ministries, and we want to take outreach coming from this church on a community level to a whole different level. Okay, we got some ideas in place, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to focus on community outreach. The second thing we're going to focus on is a social media outreach. I know some of y'all are still digesting what I said a few weeks ago when I said you could use Facebook for something other than political debates, especially in an election year. Let me encourage you with that. So we, we found a way to use um, Facebook and Instagram and other social media platforms. Did you know that over a billion people are on Facebook right now? Well over 100 million are on Instagram. That's crazy. That is crazy. Why would we not drop a line in that lake and see what we can catch? You know? So we, uh, we, we found a, a ministry tool that allowed us to connect with people through social media to take prayer requests for them where they are in their life. And they can send a prayer request to us. One of our staff can look at the request, and we can record ourselves either uh, like an audio recording or take a video of us praying over this person that we've never met so they know that there's a church around here that loves and cares about them. That's just amazing to me. And we talked about this a few weeks ago and cast the vision out, and I said that would be something that would be awesome to do, and there's a whole lot more that comes with that. We give them an opportunity to plan a visit to our church so that we can make sure that we're ready for them when they come with open arms to make them feel welcome here. And there's a whole lot of other things that we can do to reach them on social media um, through marketing and ads and things like that. Huge platform. $1,500 is what um, it takes to get that going. And I said it'd be awesome to get this going this year. And I'm thinking, man, that would be awesome to have this going before the fall or before we get too deep into the fall of this year. God spoke to someone in that service, and they said, instead of doing it someday, why don't we do it today? And they funded that. That right there is already happening in our church. How exciting is that? That's just amazing to me that people respond to us. This is what I love about our church, that we're, we're not a church that just sits by and lets somebody else carry the ball. We want the ball. We want to make it happen. And when God speaks to us, we're obedient to do what God tells us to do. Um, targeted services like um, Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter's coming up. Easter's going to be a huge service for us as a church. So in the, the weeks that are coming up, um, get ready for that. We've got a lot of stuff going on. By the way, if you've got a halfway decent singing voice, 
or you sing really good in a crowd. Uh, one thing we're doing different for Easter this year is we want to have a, an ensemble up here to help with worship or choir. Um, so if you like singing in an ensemble or a choir, listen, go see Pastor Shelley. She's going to be out um, at, in the, um, the foyer after service today with a sign-up sheet. Go talk to her. Very limited spots for this, so don't wait around. We've already got some names on the paper out there, so you're already a couple of names behind getting your name on that list. 10 to 15, probably going to be closer to 10 um, spots that we're going to have. If you're number 16, we're going to look at you and say we love you. Maybe next year, just sing real loud in the crowd. You know, So if God's speaking to you and that's something you might want to do, um, go see Pastor Shelley. A lot of cool stuff coming up for Easter. I'm not going to tell you today, but we'll start talking about it in the upcoming weeks. Bridge events, um, Super Bowl parties, things like that, hype nights that go on with the, the student ministries. These are awesome opportunities to connect with people and give them Jesus. 52 times a year we get an opportunity to give people Jesus in our Sunday experiences. That is a great opportunity to reach people. An online campus. I talked to you about that a little bit. We, it's time for our church to get online. It is time for our church to be streaming services. It is time for our church to be reaching people online. And uh, it's been a need for a little while. And God spoke to somebody several weeks ago and said, I want you to do it. They came and talked to me. We prayed about it. We feel good about it. So that is in the works. That ball is rolling. We're going to have stream services from this church. We're going to grow it into an online, an online campus so that we can have a virtual church out of this church. That's exciting to me. It's going to be great. Um, and then this is the most important, I think. And this is where it, it is. This is the most powerful thing that we can do. And that's each one reach one. Each one reach one. That we each reach somebody in our world. And all it takes is a conversation. How many of y'all were here a few weeks ago when I shared the testimony of how Russell became part of this church? How God moved in his life. It's just powerful. That can happen again and again and again and again and again. I'm here today because somebody took time to come out and just play basketball with me and hang out with me. And just speak into my life. And the dude kept inviting me to church over and over and over again. Wouldn't shut up. Wouldn't stop. And I never came. And I finally did. God rocked my world. Because... He reached me. Each one will reach one. We'll see a lot of powerful stuff. So we've got to make sure that we're filling up our boats. And this is a good first step for us as a church this year to get in position to make that happen. Does that sound exciting to you? This is a lot of stuff that we're not doing right now that we're fixing to begin doing. It's going to be a powerful ministry year for us as a church moving in obedience to what God is calling us to do. The second thing that we can learn from the Titanic is this. Okay? That they didn't have enough boats. So even if all the boats had been filled, there weren't enough boats to put the people in. So while we're trying to fill our boats today, we've got to begin thinking about new boats for the future to put people in. Are you with me? We have got to begin to think about that and not just think about it, but to take steps and plan for that. There's a lot of ministry that we're not doing that one day we will be doing. And there's a lot of opportunities that you guys are going to be stepping into. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of ministries that God is already speaking to you guys about, I believe, and faith that are going to be birthed out of this church. This is going to happen when we step into that. Okay? That's where those new boats are going to come from. New boats are going to come from us stepping up to serve. A lot of us are still um, not involved in ministry in the church, and we need you to be a part of this and get involved. If you're not involved, pray and find a place of ministry in this church. No pressure. We want God to legitimately speak to you. You know, because there's some seasons where you just need to sit and wait and heal and let God do stuff in your life. But then there are seasons where it's just time to go. And I believe for a lot of us, we're getting to go time. Why? Because we're going to need new boats. And, guys, if we're going to do half of what we're talking about doing, we've got to begin to think in practical ways financially how we can bridge the gap so that we can fund these ministries until growth catches up to the vision and allows us to be able to do this thing in, in a more congregational way versus what we're fixing to talk about today. So we've got to continue, continue to look forward and figure out ways to make new boats to reach these people. Amen? 
So make sure our boats are full and look to the future to make sure we have enough boats for what's coming down the road. And I've asked Lance Ayers to come up here and to share um, some practical things that we're going to put in place in ways that we can help bridge that gap and make sure those boats in the future are ready when we need them. Okay, let's show some love for Mr. Lance as he comes up here to share for a little bit. Good morning. I don't know about you, but I am excited about the vision that uh, God has given our pastor for our church. It's bold. It's based on what the Word of God says, as, as, uh, as Pastor Josh shared with us uh, this morning already. And I love it. I, I just love where God's taking our church. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be a fun journey. It has been so far. And uh, just buckle up your seat belts and get ready to go. It's, it's, it's coming, and it's moving quickly. Uh, but for, before we, we move into that, uh, that part of the service where we talk about the how, what do we do, uh, how do we get involved to make this vision come to pass, I did just want to speak to those of you that, um, that maybe you're newer here or maybe, uh, as Pastor, Je- Pastor Josh said earlier, I'm, I'm not quite ready to, to jump in. I, I'm, I'm not quite as excited. I just want you to know there's nothing wrong with you. Um, I, I remember one time being in a service, and, and God uh, just really moved. I felt the presence of God, and it was after camp, and we went back to the cabin, and the kids were talking about testimonies, things God did in their lives, and I said, man, it, the, the presence of God was so strong in there. If, if you didn't feel it, then something's wrong. And a, a kid raised his hand and said, is there something wrong with me? Because I, I didn't feel it. And I was like, no, no, there's, there's nothing wrong with you. God loves you. I just think you probably are going through some stuff, and, and we're here for you. There is nothing wrong with you at all. God loves you. Uh, you are important. You know, Ashley shared her, her testimony this morning, feeling worthless. You know, you may have come in here, and, and you're there. You've been told you've, you have no value. You're, you're worthless. That's a lie. I think we need to start there this morning and just say, if you're here, and we're going to be talking about giving, we're going to be talking about uh, engaging and jumping in with both feet and working. If you're not ready for that, there is nothing wrong with you. God loves you and he has a plan for you. And I believe if you hang around with us, something's going to start to spark in you and you're going to be like, hey, I, I want that. God's going to start doing things in you. God's going to start healing. And, and, and you're like, oh, I, f- I feel that presence that we, ex- that we experienced or that you talked about last month. I feel it now. God's doing something in me. And I want to just encourage you to feel at ease. Don't feel pressure at all uh, that you have to, to jump in and make any commitments or any, anything like that. That's not what this is, this is about. Those 2,000 salvations that, that God has told us that we're going to reach represent people, people who are hurting, people who, who are lost, looking for a reason to live. They, they want to know they're worth something. That's what we're doing. That's why we have this vision, is to make an impact and be the church. And that's really what, what this vision is. It's based on what Jesus said the church was supposed to be. Go out in the world. Preach the gospel. Do the things that I've commanded you. Or teach the things that I've commanded you, which they were really simple in Matthew 22. Yep, I wanted to make sure I got the reference right. 22 verses 36 and, uh, and uh, through verse 40. Uh, Jesus says that the two greatest commandments and all the other commandments that hung on those were just these two. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, basically with everything that is within you, and love your neighbor as yourself. That's it. Love God and love people. That's what we're here to do. So before we, we moved in and we started to talk about the mechanics of what we're, we're going to do, and uh, many of you are like, okay, what do we do? What's next? What's next? If that's you, that's who I'm talking to right now, and I want you to listen to that. Those of you that are like, I'm not sure yet. I'm just here. Just listen, and uh, if you feel at some point you want to jump in, you are welcome to do that as well. So last year, a big thing happened, and Jeremy mentioned it during the offer, offering. Uh, we decided to purchase this building. And yes, praise God for that. Because he did it through the church and through the people. He, he made it happen. Because uh, if, if you were a banker and you were looking at this, you were like, what in the world are you guys doing? You have lost your mind. No, we just believe God. We have faith. We believe he's going to provide. And he did. 
He provided the money that was needed for the down payment from, from our church. He, divided, he provided the labor, and some of the supplies even were donated uh, so that we could get it ready to move in. He provided a reserve fund that we were concerned about, is what happens if emergencies happen, if, if things come up, which they did. We had good old septic problems. We had um, AC problems that we had to deal with. But the money was there because we planned. And we had that reserve there. So, and God's brought us, okay, now we're, we're shifting gears. What do we do next to see this vision come to pass? What do we do right now to begin seeing that happen? So the first thing is, as a body of believers, we need to engage individually. Um, if, you've, if you have a car, if you leave it idling, you realize unless it's pointed downhill, you're not going to go anywhere. You know, you can press the gas all you want to, and all you're doing is wasting fuel. You're not doing anything. You have to engage. So it's going to take more than just coming and sitting and absorbing and getting full. You need to do that because if you're not full, you can't give out, right? If there's nothing on the inside, there's nothing that can pour out. So engage. Get filled with what God has for you. Don't wait for the services to get filled and then because that's going to go away quick. You know, that's not going to last. You're going to have to spend time in the presence of God. Spend time in the Word, growing and preparing and looking. Because God's Spirit, if you learn how to hear it, He'll point to people and He'll tell you to do weird things sometimes. Um, to go up and talk to people like, they, they don't know me at all, and you just want me to go and tell them this? Yep, that's what I want you to do. So be in the presence of God. Allow Him to grow you. If you are... If you're breathing, then God still has something for you to do. Um, uh, we, our, our grandmother went to be, or my grandmother went to be with, uh, with Jesus, uh, her Lord and Savior, last year. And um, it was the, the, the time go, coming up to her going and passing to go to be with Jesus was very difficult on my family um, because she was ready to go. She was 96 years old, uh, served God all of her life, a prayer warrior, and um, just loved the Lord. And she was like, why am I not able to come see my Jesus? I'm ready. <laughs> I've served him for all this time, and I'm, I'm ready to go. And we were like, well, we're not quite ready for you yet to go. Uh, but she says, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to see my Jesus. I'm ready to see my husband. I'm ready to see my father. I'm ready to go. And um, she, she kept saying, and my dad was staying with her, and he, he said she, every night she would pray, and then she would ask God, can you please take me? Why am I still here? And, and it just broke our hearts because we knew she was ready, and she was, she, was, she was not eating anymore. She didn't feel well, and she was ready to go home. And it dawned on me the day after she, she passed away, uh, there was a, a lady that was working hospice, and she came and, um, and talked to my dad and said, I just want you to know <laughs> there's something about that lady. Your mother is different than anyone I've ever, ever experienced. Uh, I felt like I really experienced the presence of God like I never had before just being around her. And, I, and then it dawned on me, she still had breath. There was still that hospice worker that she hadn't touched yet. She wasn't ready to go home till she met with that one that one hospice nurse, God was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for you to come home. But wait, I just got one more thing for you to do. As long as we have breath, God has things for us to do, and we need to prepare, and we need to let him fill us so that we can go and do what God wants us to do. So I want to encourage you to, to grow and let God do what, you want, what he wants in your life. Uh, also, participate, not just in the services, but the outreaches, the ministries, and the fellowship. When we're coming together, that's just as important as the time of ministry uh, because we need to love each other. We need to, we need to have a venue where we can be available and it, it be safe for, for someone to come up and say, hey, I'm, I am struggling with this. Will you pray with me? Or, 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 or if you say, you know what, do you know anybody that has jobs? I just lost mine. This is a great opportunity to, to connect with each other and say, hey, yeah, I've, I need someone to help and work with us, with, with us in, in, in our, our job. That's a way that you can connect and build each other up, not just in the, in the spiritual realm, but physically too. If somebody's hungry, be able to feed them. You know, we want to be able to minister to one another as a body, and that's a part of, that's a part of connecting and getting prepared uh, for the vision that God has for us, because when people come in, 
That's what they need to see is the love of Jesus. Support. Pray for our pastors and our church family. When you see a need and feel like you can help, fill that need. Now, that doesn't mean if you come in here and you see something on the wall that looks like it needs painted and you've got some pink paint in the back, you just start rolling it. Please check with leadership before you, you do anything. Uh, but that's how, that's how ministries are birthed a lot of times. Someone will come in and say, hey, I saw this, the, uh, this over in, in the community that, that there were a lot of, a lot of homeless people and, and they looked like they didn't have anything to eat. And I, I thought maybe it would be cool that, that the church did something. And, you know, Pastor Josh will say, yeah, what do you want to do? And then you can engage, and you can be involved, and you may be one that's heading up a ministry out of this church because you are, number one, being filled, you're listening, you're being sensitive, and you're looking for opportunities. Pray for our leaders. If you think you see something that needs to be done that, that lines up with our vision, let us know. Share that with the staff so that they know uh, and, and can encourage you and build you up and support you in the ministry opportunities that you see. Um, and the, the third one is give cheerfully to see that the 12 stones vision continues to grow and increase. Now, the first thing that we wanted to make sure everyone does is that you continue to give what you're giving now. So if you give a tithe, continue to do that so that we can do what the business world calls is keep the lights on. Uh, you know, take care of the task, make sure that, that everything is, is okay here, that we have a place where we can bring people, that they feel comfortable and feel at home and feel welcome. Uh, and those, those um, funds that come in on a regular basis in our offerings uh, cover that. They also cover our, our salaries, taking care of our pastors. That's another important thing to do to make sure that they have a roof over their head, that they have a safe place for their family, that they can put food in their mouths. You know, I tell my kids all the time, you know, you, you need to eat at least once a week, whether you're hungry or not. You know, you want to make sure they get fed. I'm kidding. We, we feed them twice a week. But at, at one time, it seemed like our grocery bill was ridiculous. I have four kids and the teenage years, whew, Goodness gracious. <clears throat> but that's, that's what the tithes and your regular offering, and, and the reason I say whatever you normally give, maybe you're not at the point where you think, well, you know, I, I don't know if I, I believe the tithe thing. Again, God loves you whether you give a tithe or not. You know, you, this is up to you. So if you, wanna, if you want to tithe, you can and be a, a part of this church. If you want to give an offering, you can and be a part of this church. If you don't feel comfortable giving at this point, you can and be a part of this church, and you're loved just as much by God as the person that gives. So we want you to understand that. You are welcome here whether you're giving or not. This is for those that say, hey, I'm involved in this church. I want to invest in it. This is something eternal that I want to give to, and you can. So we, we, we encourage you to continue to do that so that we can move to the next step. If we can skip over to the monthly giving goals, um, Tony, thanks for that. Uh, I appreciate that. They had some technical difficulties today, and they came in and, and made everything perfect for us, as they always do. So we got a great team back there, and we appreciate you guys. So <clears throat> going back to when we decided to build the building, uh, we talked about wanting to pay down our debts. Uh, if you've ever owned a home or had a mortgage, if you ever looked at the amortization schedule, you'll notice the amount that goes to principal at the beginning is little bitty. It's a little bitty amount. And then the amount that's going towards interest is huge. It's a lot. So one of the concerns that we had and something that we talked about developing was a capital funds campaign. And we talked about that at one of our many business meetings last year. Um, and so we, we, started to, we started thinking about that and planning and, and looking forward to, to doing that and finding a way to, to uh, raise money so that we could pay down the principal of our loan faster so that we could have more of our general fund available for ministry. So we started uh, looking at that. We were thinking about ways to do that. And we've really been praying and thinking about that for a year now. Um, and it just never seemed right. Um, have you ever been a part of a capital funds campaign at a church? Has anybody been there? Okay, just a, a few of you. Um, I've been in a few, and none of none of them seemed to mesh with with who we were. Nothing did. I mean, I've I, I've seen them work. I've seen them fail. Um, 
but it just, nothing seemed right. And then as we, we began to pray more and, and talk about it, as, as this vision, as, as God spoke to, to us um, about the vision, the 12 stones vision for our church, it seemed to make more sense that instead of doing a capital funds campaign for just paying down our, our building debt, it should be more of a part of the vision itself that it should include more than just building fund and paying that down. It should include seeing 2,000 salvations in five years. It should include 1,000 baptisms in five years. It should include taking into consideration personal spiritual growth. On, on the card, you'll see in the card we've got in the, the pockets in front of you, there are a few things on there that we would like to gauge so that we can see we're fulfilling the vision. And some of the items that we put on this card is to begin giving for the first time. This is a milestone. When you we get to the place where you, you understand and you get giving, and you say, hey, you know, I haven't given before. I've been very skepti skeptical of the church and how they, they handle their finances. I just haven't felt right about it. Now I do. Now I feel like I can invest. That's an important thing to check off the list. That's an important thing for us to, to track. Um, you know, I've been giving, but I understand the principle of tithes, and I want to participate in that. I want to give 10% of what God has entrusted to me. So that's an important thing that we want to track. Giving above and beyond my tithe tithes and offerings for the 12-stone vision, that's what we're going to spend our time talking about today. And it's something that we want you to be aware of is not, not a monthly pledge. We're, we're not doing that. We're not, we're not going down that road. What we're going to do is we're going to give you these cards. Or they're actually already in your seat, so there's no pressure to come and get them. They're right there. Um, if, you, if you're where I am and you're excited and you're ready to go 100% with our vision, uh, I'm speaking to you today. This is, this is for you. You can make a commitment to give this month a certain amount, and it's flexible. No longer are we going to do the, okay, I'm going to do $20 a month for 10 years. Life happens. Sometimes, number one, you lose a job or you can't make that commitment. We don't want you to feel guilty or under condemnation because there's no point in that. But, I mean, it didn't, you wanted to give but weren't able to, so you don't need to feel guilty and you don't want, need to feel locked into something that, that can't change. In addition to that, as we're going through and as we're growing and, and as, as you're continuing to, to work in the secular world, you may get a, a job change or an increase in pay and you're like, oh, I'm going to be able to give more and you'll have the opportunity to, to do that. Down at the bottom of the, the card, you'll see it says, we are so excited to tell you that, that you gave, and then there's a number here, uh, for last month. We're not going to use that today, but what we'd like to do, and I'll, I'll talk about it a little further, how we're going to track and how we're going to, to be accountable and show you how the money that you are giving is being spent and being, being used uh, for ministry. Uh, that's what that, that box will be. But I wanted to reiterate what it says in the box, the white box down there. It says, we under understand that sometimes life happens, good or bad, so you need to adjust the amount you plan to give this month. Please just let us know via email or drop us this card back in the offering on Sunday, and we will be rejoicing with you with your blessing or praying that God will meet the need, meet and exceed your needs. So this is more than financial. This is life. You know, we want to be engaged and we want to know when you need, need prayer. And so that way the pastoral staff can look at these cards and see. And also it, it helps you track and say, hey, look, this is how much I gave, I gave last month. And now this year I'm going to be able to give this month or I'm going to give this amount this month. And you can also change it, which is going to be nice. So if, if you can't give anything, you don't have to put anything there. You can put zero if you want to, and you can say, just pray for me, or this is also an opportunity for you to receive prayer requests as well. So uh, just wanted you to see that and understand that, um, 
that piece that it's really important to us that you know there's no condemnation if you if you can't give a certain amount each, each month. Usually what capital gain or capital um, funds campaigns do is they collect all the pledges and then they put the big target amount and they try to reach that target amount every, then you know they have the little bar going up here. We're doing it backwards. We're saying give what God lays on your heart we're going to take that as a special offering, and then we're going to designate it to certain areas. So if you'll, um, sorry, Tony, I hate to have you hopping around, but if you'll go down to the um, 12 Stones Vision Fund. Actually, I'm going to read, I'm going to read through a few of the ones before there. So um, that'll help you find the place. So these are the things that we want to track each month. We're going to be reporting them on a quarterly basis in service. So that way you'll be able to see uh, exactly where our progress is on all of these things. But I just wanted to read through them. Um, on those quarterly meetings, we're going to uh, report on salvations, baptisms, any outreaches that we've done uh, during that time period, uh, missions giving, uh, mission events that we may have going on, uh, community um, events that are local that we may be doing, and also perhaps personal testimonies of things that, that God has done um, in their lives um, through the ministries coming out of, of the church here. The other things that we're going to, um, to track and uh, report on is, uh, first and foremost, how much was given for the, uh, the 12 Stones vision. We'll give you the total amount, and then we're gonna, going to let you know how far we've gone on paying down the principal of the church property and its loans. So our initial goal is what we're, we're trying to shoot for is 10000 this year, to, put, to pay down 10000 in the principal. Um, and what we'll do is we're going to divide whatever comes in between the 10000 to pay down the loan any mission projects that we have going on, outreaches. Uh, it may be going toward the, uh, the social media prayer request ministry, uh, special services, community outreaches, mission giving trips. So whatever we apply to that offering that comes in to each of these areas, we're going to put on that report. Uh, then also the Next Generation Fund. Uh, our youth ministry and our children's ministry, the, the, the money that we have raised for them, we want to make sure are going and meeting those needs uh, for our children's and our, our youth ministry as well. And then the final thing that we're going to put as a part of that offering is um, the re a reserve fund. So a percentage of that offering is going to go to set aside to make sure that we're meeting all of the needs of the church so that nothing goes unpaid as far as our commitments. Um, and uh, in the past, I know we've, and we're, we're trying to really get away from this as soon as we, as soon as we possibly can, that our staff just says, well, we'll just not take our, our salary. Um, and I, th I think we have the best pastors in the world here. I think God's really blessed us, and we want to bless them too, and we want to make sure we have funds set aside so that never happens again. We don't want that to happen. And that will help us to be able to keep the lights on, and make sure that we're taking care of all of the needs um, that need to be done. So we're going to track these not just quarterly. We're also going to track, for those of you that want, want to do this, monthly. So if you want to report on a monthly basis, it's basically going to be this card sent to you. And in the white, white box at the top, that's going to show those percentages, it's going to show our salvations, our, our baptisms up to this point. It's going to show how we've broken out the, the giving for last month and then give you the opportun opportunity to, uh, to change the amount from last month and say, hey, this is what I gave last month, this is what I'm giving this month, so that we can keep tracking and kind of know how to, exp how to plan uh, events and upcoming things as well. So knowing this information and helping us track it, the reason that we're doing that is so that we can be better equipped as we're planning and making sure that we're going to have the funds that we need to, to make these things happen. And sometimes we're going to say, well, based on these numbers right here, we're not going to be able to do this, but God says we can do it. We're just going to have faith and trust. And so then God will bless and the money will come in and uh, we'll do it. 
One other thing that I just wanted to, to mention that we need to do as far as engagement is to, um, to make this happen as far as, as individually what we can do is remember that we're following God's plan. And you know how God does our services here? You know, we put together a plan. God sometimes modifies that, blan- that plan and changes direction. We do know right now point A to point B of our, vi- our vision is five years. We know what God's spoken to us. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's a straight line. We may be going around and God may be doing different things and increasing things along the way that he wants us to do. So just be ready for that. And just let us, I just wanted to let you know that's the way um, our church does is we're going, we're going to follow God. We're going to, we're going to plan. We, we do everything with excellence. But we are God's church and he's allowed to do whatever he wants. Amen. Amen. So what we're going to do is I'm going to turn this back over to Pastor Josh, and he's going to give you instructions on how uh, we're going to begin um, and allow you the, the opportunity to say, hey, this is what I'm going to start my, um, my, my, well, not commitment, but this is, this is my seed to the vision. This is what I want to do. I'm going to start with my 12 stones vision today. And if, again, if you're not ready to do that, there's no pressure to do that. Uh, we just want to give you an opportunity to begin because if you're like me, you're excited and you're ready to get started and you want to get, get involved, and this is step one. All right? All right. All right. Pastor Josh, Woo-hoo. come on back. All right. Let me just say this. Isn't it exciting to be part of a church that's doing something? Not just getting together week after week, but we're doing something. We're going somewhere with this, guys. I'm so excited about that. I love this because we were sitting around this table trying to figure out a biblically responsible way to step into this vision. And we knew there was going to be a gap. You know, there's always gaps. And we're like, well... We need to find a way to challenge people to give towards the vision that we're saying God is giving us because that's a big part of it too, you know. Um, and we're like, we don't want to do what we've seen done in the past. You know, these capital campaigns that are done in a lot of churches. Man, I'll just be honest with you. Some of them are just outright abominations against God. They really are. They're an insult to biblical principle. They're manipulative. They're just basically, I mean, they're absolutely disgusting and sinful. We, we didn't want to do that. Um, but we wanted to do something that would get us there. And we began to pray and think, you know what, this is it. Let's just make it about the vision. Let's just make it about the vision. And let people step into the vision as God speaks to them on whatever level it is. We're not going to do crazy pledges. You know why? Because I've learned pledges don't work. You know pledges don't work. You get in a service like we've had here lately. And, you know, somebody will get up and they'll say, well, let's give because we want to see people saved. And. And everybody gets excited, and we're like, we're going to pledge $50,000 this year, knowing we make $22,000 a year, and that on paper is crazy. And if God speaks to you to give that, you know, based, and it doesn't match your income, then that's a faith thing, and God can do that. But we're not going to do that here at this church. What we do here is going to be real. Okay? It's going to be led by the Spirit of God, always. Even in something like this, we're going to listen to God and do what he says and that's what we believe we've done with this this is very different I've never seen anything like this in a church maybe it's out there somewhere but this is very different because there's so much flexibility and something happens in the month and you can't give what you gave last month you can adjust that and there's no pressure built into it because of the pledge see what I'm saying that that arm of leverage and manipulation is taken out of it you know and I think that's incredibly important it's incredibly important for me, for you to understand, we don't want any of that. We want to give to the vision that God has called us to as a church. Okay? Time, prayer, talents, and finances to make sure we're backing this 100% all into this because we want to build, like I've said for weeks now, we want to build something that we can call a memorial and an offering to God with our lives that everything that we do to give Him glory. To give Him glory with everything that we are. To build today something that's going to impact the next generation. To do today something 
that's going to mean a changed life in that seed or that seed or that seed or the next Russell in our church or the next Lance Ayers in this church the next Bree, the next Daniel the next Travis in this church we're all here because somebody did this for us at one time we get the chance to do that again so what we're starting here today is something powerful man it's a journey it's a journey and we know numbers are going to ebb and flow and it's not about the numbers this is about the heart to do what god's calling us to do you guys still with us all right listen that's why i'm not hyping this up that's why we don't have pictures of poor starving kids on the screens right now all right that's why we're not pouring this pulling a, a Sarah McLaughlin and showing you sad pictures of puppies while the most depressing music in the world is playing in the background I even thought I need to save 20,000 puppies today or I'm a horrible person we don't want that we want people to listen to God and do what he says just like we're trying to do as a staff and leadership here at the church and you know what if it's God's vision and God's people move in obedience that vision will be provided for okay so we want to make sure that we fill our boats today but we also want to make sure that we're building boats for the future and that's what we're doing thank you guys for sticking with us for today there's no way you can take a service like today with vision and direction and a plan like this and fit it into 30 minutes it's not going to happen thank y'all for being with us so far today it shows me that you care about what god is doing okay. so what i want you to do is this take out your card if you haven't already i got i got so I got, I've already got messages. I got done, already paid. <laughs> They've already sewn into what's happening, which, by the way, you don't have to just do this on the card. If you want to give right now, today, um, you can hop online, eastgatechurch.cc, and do that. Um, you can hop on your phone and text give to that. I think, do we have the fund set up? We already have the 12 stone giving fund set up on there. So you click the giving link, and it says what fund do you want to give to. It's already there. You can give right now if you want to. Or you can fill out this pledge. We wanted to do this today not to put pressure on you or to capitalize on an emotional moment. That's not what we're doing. But we wanted to give you the opportunity to do this today just to get the ball rolling. So if you want to take a moment as a family, as individuals, and just stop and discuss maybe what that might look like. Pastor Josh, what are you going to do? That's none of your stinking business. What I'm going to now, I'll tell you um, what we're going to do. Um, it's, and this is the whole thing is not to give in a way that's going to damage us, but to give in a way that's going to build for the future, you know? Financially wreck yourself is silly. It's irresponsible. Uh, but, but for me and Kelly, this month, we're, we're going to give $100. Our family's giving $100 to this, okay? Next month, might not be able to give $100. Might look like 20 or it could look 150 It just depends on how the month looks, okay? And that's what's beautiful about this. It allows that flexibility in there. So we'll be able to sit down and, and go over that based on how we're looking so we want you um, also if you haven't been a giver in this church maybe your big step today isn't to jump on board with this 12 stones vision but it's to start consistently giving to the church look that's huge that's huge because what we give in offerings or what we give and what we call the tithe the 10% that we give back to God that's huge because that's a foundational financial point for us to start at as a church to um, and to give out of what's coming organically already you know in the church 12 stones is something that's above and beyond that so if you're not giving listen pray maybe this is the season that you start giving okay we do know this that as you give the bible says that god does what oh, you are going to sleep on you. he blesses we give he gives back it's just you can't outgive god you can't outgive god ever i've tried you can't ever outgive god you really can't um so if you're not a giver, we want to challenge you to give. You know what? If you've been giving and maybe you haven't taken that stuff like Lance said earlier to start tithing, I would challenge you to do that. You know, but, but I would encourage you to, to stop and to pray about it. I don't want you to feel pressured into anything. We're just not going to do that here. We're not going to pressure anybody to do that here. And I always said, people looked at me like I was an idiot when I, when I first took over the church because I said, look, if you don't trust me and you don't trust what's happening at this church, don't give to the church. But just come here and let God impact your life. Okay? A lot of times that gets misrepresented in church world. And people, and you know, some churches abuse finances. We're not going to do that here, ever. I'm excited about this because God's given us a plan to impact and change lives. This helps make that happen.
so what I want to challenge you to do is everybody had time to, to write down on your card. If you want to be part of this 12 Stones vision today, um, and you don't feel like you need to take time to think about it or pray about it, fill out the information that's there so that we can know how to get back in touch with you and update you on what you gave and what's happened this month. Another thing I'm excited about is not just us touching base once a month, but quarterly us being able to celebrate what God's done along the way. That's huge to me. You ever given to something before and wondered what happened to the money? Uh, where'd it went? Uh, where'd it go? Uh, we gave this and it was a sacrifice. It'd be nice to know. We're, we're going to let everybody know what's happening. 100% transparency here. This church. We got nothing to hide. So I love that. What we're going to do is this. I love symbolic things. We're asking you to be part of this 12-stone vision that God's given us as a church. For the last few weeks, you've seen me walk around with a rock, sticking it in your face, talking about building something as a memorial to give glory to God. Building something for generations to come. To use our lives to build something. To take our stones and lay it down before the Lord. Let him do something special to it. And some of y'all are concerned that I might lose my grip and hit you in the head with a rock, but that's okay. We, we didn't bring these rocks today so that we could stone sinners in the church. We brought these today because of this. We're going to have a moment here in a second, but we're all going to be able to get up, bring our cards down, okay? And we're going to lay them in this basket at the altar before the Lord. And after you've dropped off your card, I want you to pick up a stone. Because that's what we're doing today. I want everyone to take a stone. No. What we're doing today is laying a stone down to build something to give glory to God. And to impact the lives of those people that we haven't even seen yet, church. It's just beautiful. So we'll lay down our cards take up our stone and I want you to keep this at home to remind you of the vision to remind you of what God's doing in and through your life but what we're doing as a church I want to remind you of that also because what we're doing listen so powerful and over the next five years we're going to see the fruit of the impact of that but it's got to start today so I want to encourage you to give let's start this thing off right but I don't want to pressure you to give because we want this to be real and genuine and authentic. So let me pray over you.